what's up, faders? Welcome to yet another episode of Got Faded Japan, and I'm Johnny. And I'm Buck. Buck, dude, thank you so much for being here today. Awesome, dude. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Actually, um, you're kind of trapped because we're at Camuso, and uh, you missed your last train, and uh, I'm supplying you with booze. You are supplying me with booze. <laughs> That's right, for, for interviews. Of course, for interviews. Whatever. <laughs> It's good. <laughs> That's right. And Cafe to Japan is about two dudes booze, Japan in the news. But uh, Matty B is focusing on music. He's, he's on the streets with a drum, with a guitar. He's playing for music, playing for money. <laughs> Basically, the guy needs money. He's, he's on the streets playing. And um, so in his absence, I'm doing interviews. And tonight, I've got a very special interview. And it's actually late. It's a late Friday night. The, the bar at Camuso right now. And everybody left after a comedy show except for the lone comedian. Buck, that's me. <laughs> Buck, thank you so much for being here. So, okay, so for today and stuff, uh, as you know, I got Japan's about two dudes and booze, but uh, no news today because, Buck, you are the news. I am the news. I love being the news. You that's love- what I do. I'm the news. You're the news. And this is going to be episode, oh, shit, I don't know which order it's going to be because I've got, like, this interview and then another interview and so on, so... This is going to be a number. So check the notes to find out which number it is. I think maybe 290 or 289, something like that. Let's just say it's 14. No, no, 14 was a very bad episode. Was it a bad episode? Yeah, yeah, we had a co-host. He, he overdosed on alcohol. is fucked up. Yeah, we had to stop midway through and stuff. We had to re-record it. Okay, so maybe, maybe we won't go with 14. 14's a bad number. No, no, that was 13. No, 14's fine. <laughs> So we're 2014. 2014. That was a good year. It was a good year. That was the year I finally lost my virginity. And I found my virginity. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> Don't ask. It's a very tricky and, and touchy subject. A lot of anal beads. Oh, shit. Okay, now I got it. <laughs> All right. So, Buck, you are a comedian. I am a comedian. Awesome. A comedian in Japan. I am a comedian in Japan, and I'm a storyteller, a sto- of all things. I'm a storyteller. Do, do you know Burt Kresher? No, of Burt Kresher, him, Joe Rogan, Joey Diaz? Yeah, of, I know of, I know of, I know of. Okay, cool, cool. Because they do stories quite a bit, too, and stuff. So, regarding stories, because like, they, they go up on stage and tell stories and stuff. Uh, Burt Kresher, the machine, he was in Russia. He robbed a train. He's kind of fucked up. Kind of funny. I think so. All right. So, okay. Tell us about your history of being here in Japan and and comedy. Okay. So, this is my second time in Japan, and this is my second time actually doing comedy in Japan. So, I'm doing things for myself and with the Tokyo Comedy Store. So, I I perform a couple times a month. Um, I could perform more, but I just enjoy just kind of doing it, you know, when I feel and when I'm able to, because I do, I'm, I'm anchored to my, to, my, to my day slave job, if you will. Um, but being a storyteller in Japan, because there's so much raw material here, it makes it quite a lot of fun. Um, because I'm able to actually uh, tell the stories as they happen, and it ends up being very hilarious, from just the cultural mix to... Uh, Bidets shooting water in your ass. It's actually amazing. Do tell. All right. So recently I was diagnosed with um, LAS, um, low anus disease. and um, Wait, is that a real disease? No, fuck no. It's not a real uh, disease. I don't know the shit. It's, it's I have a low anus. Um, and so because I recently got a new toilet installed in my house, um, it, it was very difficult because the water kept shooting on my back. 
instead of in my butt because I have a low anus. Okay, here in Japan, you got to explain the toilets. For all the people that don't know, do we got people from all over the world listening to this. All right, so in Japan, most households have heated toilet seats and bidets. The bidets are the little wonderful fountains that kind of caress and touch your butthole in ways that shouldn't be normal. Mm. Yeah, but they, they have a purpose because they're actually, in their truth, they're actually quite wonderful. Gets all in that thing and just kind of shakes things out. I'm sorry, it's very emotional. It's very hard for me. Um, so with a person like myself that has a very low anus, sometimes it shoots right past my butt and right onto my back. Dude, that is so weird. Wait, does that mean that you're sitting on the toilet wrong? Like, kind of like you're hunched over or something, or? I'm actually sitting upright, but because I have a low anus and a very, and I'm sway-backed, it shoots just right in the center of my back. It's actually kind of very sensual. <laughs> I think I've seen some pornos like that. <laughs> you, you might have, my friend. Um, but, uh, this isn't porn. This is actually... Mental health, self-love with warm water. Oh, dude, that's crazy, man. It's awesome. It's awesome? It's awesome. Oh, dude, that's insane. So, how did you get involved in comedy in Japan? Like, I mean, it, it seems like it would be kind of difficult because, like, most people here don't speak English as well as... Well, Japan has a very large... Um, has a very... Like, Tokyo Comedy Store and a few other groups, they have a very large following for English or Western comedy. Mm. And um, Dave Gutrich and Spring Day and a few other people um, um, that I can't remember at the moment because I'm a little drunk, mm. um, created various different um, uh, comedy houses, if you will. And so there is a, a circular of comics, um, almost, almost 200 maybe, and there's about maybe 15, 16, 17 venues from in the Kanto Plain in this area that support Western-style comedy. And it's great because it allows us a couple times a week to come out and do our thing, um, talk about our, our experiences, how we relate to each other, and it, it, it keeps us working. And it keeps us on stage, keeping it funny, telling our stuff. That's awesome. That's awesome. How long has the uh, Western comedy scene been happening in Japan? Has it been happening since like World War, after World, post-World War II, or maybe like in Viet, because after Vietnam, like a lot of GIs were... Uh, based here and stuff. Is it been going on for like a long, long time or is this relatively new? It's relatively new. Some of the jokes have been around since World War II, unfortunately. Wait, wait, what kind of jokes are from World War II? They must be so racist, huh? No, no, some of the comics. I'm sorry, they're that old. They've oh, been around since World War II. <laughs> um, but, um, no, it's it's been, um, from what Dave tells me, it's been probably about 20, 25 years um, there's been some Western comedy in the area. Wow, that's wild. And so you've been doing comedy here strictly for like two years. Were you doing comedy from the U.S.? I've been doing comedy in some form of entertainment um, from comedy to radio to small production and my own production company, Bucktown Productions, probably for the last 17 years. Holy shit. How'd you get started in that? Well, I've always been a young, talented, young, colored black boy that was very talented. Um, I think from the time from... I have a very, I have a theater background. I have a musical background. Um, I at one point was going to be a um, a classic, a singer, and then I started branching out. I had a voice. I have a face for radio, as my mom tells it, and I have actually a voice 
for radio. So it kind of stemmed from there. And I started with radio where I did a few guest spots and I did a couple of ads. And then from there, they're like, hey, you're pretty funny. Why don't you do stand-up comedy? So when I entered the stand-up comedy realm, um, stand-up comedy is very tricky because you have to decide what kind of comic you are. And for me, um, my voice is through my voice and my stories. So I became naturally a storyteller instead of a a punchline comic or more of a um, a mechanic. Um, um, That's not the word I want to use. Um, Comics can be very technical. Comics can be very um, articulate. Comics can be very... um, It's very structured. But for storytellers, you just kind of tell about... You just kind of talk about life. And it's kind of funny on the in-between. Awesome, awesome. Can you tell any of your stories here? Like, I mean, without giving away, like, like your, your set? I can, I can. Um, well, I have a few stories. Um, like, I do a whole set about an ugly baby that I encountered in the airport. Wait, um, ugly baby? A very ugly baby. Nice. And um, actually, it was a friend of my wife's, uh, my ex-wife. And uh, um, this chick named Lori, she's Irish, very Irish, very... Uh, Blonde, very uh, blonde with a little bit of red, and her and her husband Dave, he's white, 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 and so um, in Chicago we 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 um, kind of ran up on them um, while we were shopping, and they were like, hey, we've got a little baby, and you know we had a child, and et cetera, et cetera. So when they were in this really dramatically large stroller, we peeked in on this baby, and we realized this was the ugliest baby we've ever seen. And I told you earlier on in the story that. Dave and Lori were whiter than whiter than white. The baby looked half black. So I think Lori has a lot of explaining to do because um, that was the whole punchline in the story because the baby had a goatee and I think the baby was wearing Air Force Ones. I think the baby drove them to downtown Chicago because the baby was fucking huge and ridiculously ugly. Damn, dude. that That's a story. There's more to it. There's a whole bit to it and... And I talk about how the baby like eyeballed me, and how um, the baby threw up on me, and how I um, um, recommended the ba- the baby seek counseling. Um, it, it's 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 a, it's a whole crazy story. Um, but one of my very favorite stories, actually, it's a real story. Well, aside from ugly baby, it was one time I was in the Denver airport, and um, the Denver airport is one of the last places in America in the airport that has troughed urinals. What's a trough urinal? That's like the cowboy ones? Yeah, no, it's a communal, like, it's one of those big, kind of expanded urinals. Where you, so, like, hold hands and shit? Almost. It's almost like singing <laughs> Kumbaya. But several people can stand up and kind of pee at the same time. So mm-hmm. they're about maybe 20 people deep. Mm-hmm. The water's constantly running, and it's a big trough. And so... That's some cowboy shit. It is some cowboy shit. Not, not a place for black people. And so I was um, at this trough urinal, and I was wearing some... Uh, I was wearing flip-flops, and I was wearing some um, linen pants. And the whole story goes into, um, I walked up to the trough urinal, and there was space on me, about three or four feet on each side. And a gentleman, you know, there, there are man rules. When you are at a trough urinal, at no time should you make eye contact with another man. Um, at no time should you be close enough in another man's bubble that he should feel the heat of your arm. Gare straight, doesn't matter. Th- those are the man rules. It's in chapter 3, page 32. Yeah, dude, I agree. So, and in this one particular instance, I was peeing at this trough urinal, and a gentleman came up on me, tried to start a conversation with me at the trough urinal, and he ends up peeing on my foot. 
What the fuck? Are you he, serious? He fucking peed on my foot, and as a as a minority, if you know, or as anybody. Wait, was he a white dude? He was a white dude, and if someone pees on you, they own you. What? Rule of thumb. It's in the man. It's in the man rules. I didn't know that. I, if somebody pees on you, I, I thought you got to punch them or something. Or. But no, the man rule says in, in, in chapter 3, actually page 37, you must pee back on them to break the magic. Oh, dude, wait, is this like crossing the lines in Ghostbusters? Absolutely, you cannot cross streams because it's a catastrophe. Oh, dude, yeah, that's, the, the splashback's fucked up. So I had to pee back on him to break the magic, and then he said, well, why'd you pee on me? I'm like, you peed on me first, therefore you own me. I had to break stream, and I had to pee back on you to let you know that I was an individual, and your penis will not own me, Mr. White Man. Damn, dude. What happened at... Dude, I mean, this story can go in a myriad of different directions. What happened next? I proved my conviction. I peed back on him. I broke the magic. I got the motion seconded by another gentleman in the the trophy urinal because he was like... He quoted from the man code book, if you are peed on, and within two minutes... You pee back on the person that has violated you. The spell is broken and you are free. So you've got two minutes. You're like, oh, shit. Somebody give me some water. Give me some water. <laughs> Bladder is always full. I have a large penis. So I peed back on him and I gave him a little a stream of my justice to let him know that I will not stand for being peed on. Only if I pay for it. Only if I like it. And I broke the magic. Holy shit. Dude, well... Damn, dude, that's that's pretty insane, man. I've never been peed on or had to pee on somebody. I never had to like do that, dude. I'm a, I'm, I'm a shy peer, dude. Some like in Japan and shit, like for me and stuff. Like, all right, when I first came to Japan and stuff, you know, you you go to the restroom and shit. You know, you be pissing, and then you feel somebody kind of looking down at your Johnson, right? And you're just like, uh. And I think maybe they're just seeing like you know like how big it. Because you're a foreigner in Japan, right? And for me, that's fucking what, dude. I. Like in Buffalo, was it Buffalo 66, that movie? And sh- I can't piss, you know? Like if somebody's like looking at me or some stop, shit, right? Stop physically staring and assaulting my penis with your eyes. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So usually, I, dude, I don't know what people think. Maybe they think I got herpes or some shit because I always pee in the fucking stalls, right? So like in the shitters, like I'll, I'll just walk in and like because there'll be like like three guys waiting to use the pisser. And I'm like, fuck that, dude. So I go into the stall and I'm like I shut the door and I piss and I can piss comfortably. And I don't have to worry about anybody pissing on me or fucking anything. The only thing I get to worry about is flushing the toilet. But I usually use my fucking foot to do that shit because fucking I don't touch nothing when I go in that motherfucker. Absolutely. I agree. I second the motion. Yeah, dude, because fucking you don't know what kind of fucking like hepatitis, herpes, fucking whatever kind of like shit is on that thing. You touch that. You you're in a hurry, you forget to wash your hands, you fucking cough in your mouth or some shit, also next thing you know, you got like these big, massive cold sores and you're, shit. You have AIDS in your debt. Like, yeah, I understand. Yeah, dude, fucking yeah, and fucking AIDS is bad. It's what killed the vampires. And the werewolves. Well, I think the vampires killed the werewolves and the vampires were solo, wait, 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 and then on. they got AIDS and they died. We got a segue for one second, so if you had to choose if you were a vampire or a werewolf, what would you choose? So it's either death by AIDS or death by vampires. I'm going to go with AIDS. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, dude. Touche. Vampires are much stronger than werewolves, although... I disagree. Whoa, whoa. Vampires have more vulnerabilities than werewolves, and I think for brute, brute strength, I think... Werewolves are stronger than vampires. They have until the second moon before a vampire can control them. Wait, which movie are we going by? 
Are we going by like the Twilight ones or that uh, uh, what's it Underworld ones or yeah, Lost yeah, Boys? Let's go by Lost Boys. We can go by Lost Boys, but we're going by complete lore. Absolutely, L O E L O R E. We're going by forgotten lore. Vampires have a certain window because werewolves were guardians for vampires, and they have a certain window. And if they do not succumb to vampires, they are actually immune to the to the glamour that vampires can place on werewolves. So actually, if they resist it, they have the potential to be stronger than their captors. I haven't seen that enough movies to like you know back my shit up. But Lost Boys, the werewolves or vampires are kind of cool. The vampires are very cool in Lost Boys, definitely. Great movie. What the fuck happened to fucking vampires and shit, dude? Like, fucking, oh, dude, my favorite movie of all time in the 1980s. Welcome to Fright Night. Fright Night. It was a great movie. Hell yeah. So cheesy in the end when his face mutates and the chick. It was a great movie. It was a very great movie. I loved it. I loved it. Dude, that movie was fucking badass, dude. Fucking, uh, dude, I couldn't agree with you more and shit. Fright Night was probably not the original vampire movie, as we all know, but I think it's probably one of the first ones that I saw, and it scared me as a kid, and I fucking respected that so much. And after I saw that, I saw the, uh, the, the, was it, was it a prequel, 976 Evil? Mm-hmm. Was that 976 Evil, or was that? Nine, 976 Evil. It was, it was kind of like a prequel, um, a postcurse to uh, Fright Night, definitely. Yeah, it was like the same characters were in the both movies or something. Yes. If I remember correctly and shit, like I don't know, that was from like what nineteen eighty four, nineteen eighty three. You're it's around the same time frame. You're absolutely right, dude. You're fucking old too, huh? I am maybe a little older than you. Yes, definitely. Ah, I got a baby face, dude, but my liver is like a hundred years old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad your liver's a hundred. My liver is about forty seven and it's dying as we speak. Mm. Touche. Then again, I'm drinking white Russians. Cheers. Oh, yeah, there is no POW, although we could do a POW. POW means pick of the week of beers and stuff. Because we have all these beers here at uh, Gamuso, which is our sponsor. But actually, I'm, I'm drinking a white Russian in, in, in tribute. Yeah, these are awesome. Uh, in tribute to The Big Lebowski. I love that movie. It's I a great movie, movie, dude. The Big <laughs> The rug really tied the room together, didn't it? Did it not? Absolutely, and I loved when they started tripping and hallucinating after the bowling alley. I think, I think uh, the Big Lebowski was a very, um, it was it was bizarre dark comedy at its best because it was well, not even dark comedy. It was more like obscure comedy because it told a great story, and you had no fucking idea what was going to happen, and you were just like, "We are those guys." There were regular guys. That had a story, and mm-hmm. I, I definitely can relate. I, th- I thought it was a great movie. Well written. Well written. Absolutely, absolutely. Man, so what do you think of, like, the comedy scene in the future? Like, you know what happened in the past? You've been here for a while and stuff. What do you see happening here in Tokyo? Do you think it's going to get bigger? Because, I mean, Tokyo, the, the gaijin, and gaijin means, like, uh, non-Japanese, but the, the or international, the international community is exploding at a rapid rate. There's more people coming to Japan to, like, start careers and live here than any other city in the world. And that's because, A, the Olympics, B, the money thing, the, the currency exchange. I mean, there's more and more people. Like, well, I came here, like, fucking, like, what, 15 years ago? And at that time... I'd walk into places and like like a bar or a restaurant, and people would stop what they're doing and look over at me and be like, "What? Oh, oh there's a foreigner here." Or some places they would say, "Oh, you can't come in." Right, right, right. 
right. you know. But now, now it seems like this place is extremely foreigner friendly and is getting bigger and bigger. So, what do you think? How that? How do you think that's going to affect the the comedy scene here in Tokyo? I think it's going to completely perpetuate the comedy scene and make it just grow. Um, there's a lot of comics coming through every day. A lot of people with some really great talent. Um, and again. I think when it comes down to entertainment, everyone is looking for that escape. So I think it's only going to perpetuate and make the comedy scene grow even more. Okay, that's awesome. In the future, like, I mean, I don't hear of that many, like, like comedy, like, comedians, stand-up comedians from, like, the U.S. or England coming to Japan. But do you think, like, if it does grow, if it consistently grows here in Japan, do you think that there's going to be, like, a point where, like, this is going to be, like, a destination for, like, like uh, comics to come to? Like, Ari Shafir, Duncan Trestle, uh, maybe some, like, like uh, comedians from Singapore or whatnot. Do you think this is going to be a place for them to come to? Or Well, we've already got some comics from Singapore, but I think if it's continued to be managed, right and with the mantra of everyone gets a little bit of stage time and everyone gets an opportunity I think the sky is the limit I think Dave and some of those guys um, do a very good job of making sure Dave um, Gutridge um, Ben Jennings um, Spring Day when she was here um, Chris you know the guys that perform here as well I think they make of any of the mad cow guys like I think they think I think that they completely give everyone an opportunity to get on stage, do their thing, it will only perpetuate the scene. And um, and that's for the comics. Everybody is so great, unlike stateside, where it's it's very cliquish. I think everyone's very supportive here. So I think the sky's the limit, definitely. Awesome. Now, if somebody from, like, uh, somebody from, like, overseas, like, let's say maybe, like, Hong Kong, Singapore, America, England, New Zealand, wherever, if they come to Japan and, like, they're here for, like, maybe on business or they're just, like, checking this shit out and stuff here in Japan and stuff, they're like, fuck it, man, I want to see some comedy. Where are some places or how can they get in touch with some places where they can see some good comics? Well, they can go to TokyoComedyStore.com. And it has all the listings of all the open mic nights, all the features um, schedule for about a month and a half, almost up to two months. Um, also, there's some um, different avenues in meet, meet Up and a few other organizations where they put out information for people to actually um, get their opportunity to find their funny. So, so there's a team that works tirelessly in making sure that the information and what we do gets out. So... Um, there's different avenues, definitely. Awesome, that's pretty cool. Do you mind talking about your day job at all, or what would you like to? What would you like to know? Well, ain't, well, I mean, do you, I mean, I, maybe it's kind of classified or something. I don't know. Like, I mean, is that something you want to talk about, or? Well, certain parts of my job are definitely classified, of course, but um, this might make you a little unnerving when I actually tell you what I do for a living. It might unnerve you. When it, I tell you what I do for a living. I mean, it's pretty hard to unnerve me. We, we've had a lot of people that did a lot of interesting things on this show. I mean, unless you kill people. And if you do that, yeah, I'm like, oh, shit, well, that's the first. Well, in a sense, I'm actually a bomb builder. You're a bomb builder? I'm a bomb builder. Dude, like, you fucking, like, throw up, like, house parties and shit. You're like, yo, dude, give me those ones and twos. I'm going to fucking tear this motherfucker up. Not like that. We build bombs and we put together missiles on a very, on a higher magnitude. So definitely, some of those things with pyrotechnics, we can definitely do. However, um, we are putting bombs that really impact what targets or what assets we're trying to attain. Definitely. So we're not talking about music. 
Not to a degree at this moment. Oh, man. Now I'm so disappointed. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's awesome. Bomb tracks are the shit. But bomb makers, dude, you got to have a sense of humor to be a bomb maker, huh? I, I do have a sense of humor to make the bomb, uh, to be a bomb builder. Um, number one, horny all the time. And number two, just I'm just very cynical in nature. I'll hump the bombs. I'll do stupid shit to make the guys laugh. So definitely there is a lot of... Um, 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 camaraderie and, and um, that is our way to put the guys at ease definitely how dangerous is it to make a bomb and shit like I mean of, of course you can't smoke cigarettes and shit while you're doing you're on, when you're on the job and stuff but I mean like is it really really dangerous or is it kind of like putting together like like uh, Legos or something because I know nothing about this okay I'll tell you so some of it is very dangerous and some of it is very routine but nine times out of ten some of the things that are routine can end up hurting you more than certain heavier classifications of bombs because people get complacent when they're doing mundane tasks and it causes them to get hurt. Like, hurt means, like, really hurt. Hurt, like, is in broken fingers, um, broken knees, broken backs. Like, it's, it's serious. Damn, dude. Can I ask, like, what kind of bombs you make, or is that classified? I, I don't want to push the line or anything like that or make the, the conversation too uncomfortable and stuff. Because we started off with comedy, but I didn't know what you do and did and stuff. Like, I met you, but I didn't know, like, you, you know, so, so this is all new. Sure. Um, we can make bombs up to, up to pre-nuclear uh, classification. Fuck, dude. I thought you were talking about grenades. We also do the same thing with grenades. We also have grenades, various different types of grenades, um, and they have to be separated and segregated based on their actuation. So if we have some grenades that are activated by salt water, we don't want them on the lower decks. But if we have some grenades um, that are not affected by the salt water or other externalities, then... Um, they can be on the higher decks. Absolutely. They can be up higher. Oh, man. That's insane, dude. Wow. How, how long does it take to make a bomb? Or is, is it case by case? Like, I mean, if you're making like, like, a, like, a, um, war, like or for example, in the movie um, Weird Science. Remember that movie when like the bomb comes into the house and stuff, you know, like, like they, 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 they use the computer also and this nuclear warhead came up. That would probably take a long time to make, right? Um, you said as far as a nuclear warhead, you said? Yeah, I guess so. Well, not so much, because all the components are pretty systematic or they're pretty rudimentary. Um, it just needs a power source and a catalyst, basically. Dude, you gotta be a comedian to have this job, huh? Wait, are, uh, most of the people that do this job are pretty funny people. You know, they, they gotta have that, or or are they kind of like, uh, like I, I don't know, like mad scientists, or like, uh, or this, or are they like Einstein? Well, Einstein had a sense of humor too. Well, they actually burn out very quickly. Is unfortunate. Well, what do you mean by burnout and stuff? Like, like what happens? Like, they're like, I can't make this anymore. It's too mathematical or... Then we have to deal with that person accordingly. And um, we have to uh, continue the mission. Shit, man. All right. Well, okay. Well, on that note... <laughs> man, your job's the bomb. <laughs> actually the bomb. Oh, shit. Oh, man. That's, that's pretty wild. All right. Going back to comedy. Okay. <laughs> Going back to comedy. Okay, so when you were younger, who were your like your? Did you have idols? Were you like 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 you're like a George Claren kind of guy, or Eddie Murphy kind of guy, or? I was a um, 
I was a Judy Tenuta, um, Sandra Bernhardt, um, Chris Farley, Eddie Murphy, um, Lily Tomlin. Um, that kind of, uh, I wanted to be that, those kind of comics. They were smart, they were edgy, but yeah, they were kind of reckless in their way. So I kind of wanted to be like that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Cool, man. All right. So, okay. How can people find you? Like, uh, do you have like a website, Facebook or something? Like, uh, for, so like when people do come here and they want to see like your comedy and stuff and hear your stories, how can they find you? Is there anything you want to plug? They can find me through um, paul.gittens at AOL.com or Paul Buck. Um, or they can just uh, follow one of my random links, tirades, and uh, um, when I get on my soapbox. So that's probably the easiest way. Awesome. It's about once a month I get on there and I like blah, I spit out a bunch of minutia mm. on how I'm feeling and what's going on. Awesome, dude. All right, dude, Buck, thank you so much for being here tonight. Here at Got Fit in Japan, Faders, thank you very much for tuning in. You know what to do. Go to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Uh, we do have merch. Go down into the show notes and buy some merch. Buying some merch helps out the show. Absolutely. And Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, I mean, if you do have some free time if you're in Tokyo, come on down to our sponsors. Our sponsors are uh, Mitsuya Liquor, located in uh, Asagaya, Mitsuya in Asagaya, and in uh, Gamuso. Gamuso is also one of our sponsors, and we're here right now drinking at, what time is it? It's like, what, 2 o'clock in the morning on a Friday? It's some shit like that. It's yeah. Oh, shit, man. We gotta close the bar. (laughs) Or actually, let's just drink some more. We'll we'll have another. I'll have another drink with you. Um, and yeah, it's twelve fifty-two, so we've got a little time. Fucking a, dude. Twelve fifty-two. Shit. All right, we'll have another drink and shit. I ain't driving. You ain't driving. You missed your last motherfucking train. I did. I did. And I was for a second ago. I was like, ah, I'm tired now. I think I just got my second win, and I'll have one drink with my new friend, and then uh, I'll get out of here. All right, shit. Faders, once again, thank you very much for tuning in. I have no idea which number this show is. I apologize. Well, fuck that. I don't apologize for nothing. 2014. Well, dude, 2014 is probably going to be our last show. I I can't imagine doing this for 2,000 shows. (laughs) Like 300 shows. My liver, I I, I thought it was pregnant earlier. I was like, holy shit, I think I have a baby. Oh, no, that's just my liver. It's just fucked up. Faders again. We will see you next week. Yo, what's up, Faders? Got Faded Japan has got a new sponsor. Our new sponsor is Gamuso Bar, located in Asagaya, Tokyo. If you're kicking it in Tokyo and you want to get your groove on, get your fade on, you better get your ass down to Gamuso. Gamuso is located in Asagaya. It's about 11 minutes from Shinjuku Station on the Chuo Line. Gamuso has weekly bands, weekly performances. And hell, if you got your own event and you want to hold it at Gamuso, we'd love to host you. So contact Gamuso at www.gamuso.com. That's www.gamuso.com. That's right. Gamuso has not only beers in the bottle, but beers on tap. We've got every drink you want, so come on down to Gamuso. Gamuso, and if I'm working, tip me. Hey, yo, what's up, baiters? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. 
I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. And I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I can probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks. But if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Proper. Oh, brother, a goddamn shit-sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. God, the pressure! I can't take it! I can't take it! I can't stand to it! You sure excuse me? We're going freaky! We came, we saw, we kicked his ass! Your move, creep. Oh, man. I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up repugnant shit. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.